not only a new hour, but I want a new hour that just mutilates harder than anything you've ever seen. So yeah. I, I, I'm constantly trying to outdo myself. I don't want to just go, <laughs> I'm addicted to murdering. I want to hurt you. Mm. I want you to go. That was. <laughs> you hear all the bull about marketing every day. Make your money in your sleep. My new offer is crushing it. My guru could beat up your guru. It's time to go right to the source and get the truth about marketing. With your host, the founder of CopyChief.com, Kevin Rogers. All right, so Jim Brewer, man, thanks for, thanks for hopping on with me today. I appreciate it, bro. It's a pleasure, Kev. <laughs> we, go way, <laughs> we go way back, man, to the, to the Eight- days... Uh, 89 89 dude i always remember when i took over the house mc spot for lou and that was my big break Mm -hmm. because like we were just talking about this was a club six nights a week eight shows so to host that room was like man dude i i got to i had a gig for like a year and then then i started going on the road and they were bringing you you to host and i remember sitting down with you in a notebook and like giving you like, here's how to host. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got to say this. Uh, but I get the feeling you didn't last too long in that gig because I don't know how many people were following you even in the opening spot. You, you remember how that went down? Oh yeah. No, no, no. I, I had a mission and I probably didn't realize it. I may have rubbed, not rubbed people the wrong way, but I was extremely confident and extremely uh, borderline cocky. And yeah. I, my mission was, I'm going to make your life miserable. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't care who was going to... And now that I... The other comics this, you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, like it almost... I crack up when a guy comes in with that attitude. Like, look at this banana. He thinks, <laughs> he thinks he's going to make my life difficult tonight. Right with his little 15 minute set. But, uh, once I started hitting the road and yeah, it was, uh, and then you learn, you see some guys like, wow, this guy's, a, it doesn't matter what I do. This guy's a savage Yeah, and he's a seasoned professional. And, um, but yeah, I, I constantly set goals, watched you. I was super envious and, and just, I wanted to be in your spot. And then once you started going on the road, I thought that was so fascinating you come back and you tell your road stories and yeah you came back you know you're like yeah just worked with a guy who just won <laughs> star search and we were like oh my god this is amazing um <laughs> well we got i was with james gregory all week and uh you know we we sold a lot of shirts he wanted me to hang his condo but i was a little leery about it uh. <laughs> <laughs> Killer bees came running through, and uh, he took me and Mississippi. It's good times. Thank you. <laughs> oh, Save, up. Save up. Save up. Save up. Save up. You know that. Oh. Go ahead, go ahead, man. I don't want to interrupt. The... No, no, go you say. Well, I was going to say, that's so funny to me. I think that's where I started to part ways <laughs> with 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 the road life because 
that became the trend where it's like you had to have a hook. Remember now all these club owners yes. be- became like showbiz savvy. And yeah. they're like, listen, if you don't have some kind of hook, I don't know how you can headline. I don't know how I'm going to sell the show. You got to get a belt buckle or something, you know? And I'm like, Fuck that. <laughs> I'm not buying a 10 gallon hat, you know, changing my name to Carl, you know, so I can headline. <laughs> but, exactly what but, you, but you just murdered. So you, you went to New York pretty quickly because you were certainly on a mission and I think the first break for you was the it, it was a sketch show, right? Yeah, yeah. The black it was called the Uptown Comedy Club. That's it, Uptown. And Com- yeah, an and you were all like, black show. you were the token white dude. Yeah, yeah. It was me and this guy Rob McNaughty, and and McNaughty was the impressionist. And I just remember I moved up to New York in January. And I went up there, I don't know if you remember, but it was this guy, Tony Camacho. I went up and checked out New York mm-hmm. to see if I can get, to see if I can get gigs. Yeah. And when I went up, when I went up there, I got myself booked at some places. And then, um, he came up, he's like, if you move up here, I want to manage you. And he would drop names, or, you know, me, me and Eddie Murphy, and uh, mm. me and Tim Allen, and my partner runs Tim Allen, and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so me as the, as the hooker, went, oh, God, yeah, if I come up here, you'd be my pimp. That'd be amazing. <laughs> Great. So I, I came down, and then I knew I was moving to New York. So I, and then once I got there, he couldn't manage me. So I was a little, I was immediately set back. Mm. However, in six months, not even six months, I, I got that show. So again, the confidence was riding extremely high. Yeah, yeah. It and happened, It happened quick. Right. And so one thing leads to another. We went to a whole like career retrospect. I want to get to some of the business side of it. So SNL, and yeah. I know you've talked a lot about your experience on SNL, as, as all the cast members do, because it's such a unique, historical, and intense scenario but I'm, i am curious when you look back on, on that what is like the, the top level takeaway of your experience on snl and, and what it did or didn't do for your career after that it's an automatic tattoo and an automatic respect mm-hmm. if that makes sense it's mm-hmm. almost like and i i hate to say it this way but daryl hammond said it best we were in the hallway one day and he's like, Jimmy, we're, we're, in, we're in NAM of show business right now. You know that, right? Because you, you've seen some of the other cast members that they come here and look at us like how much more time we got. And I, I thought that was a crazy statement until I, I, I realized when I would see Dan Aykroyd and I'd see some of the older cast members like Dennis Miller and all that. No, I, I've never met anyone that went, wow, was that not the, the, was that not the greatest in life? And mm-hmm. I'm not saying it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It's just, it is 24-7 mental breakdown. Mm-hmm. It is, and I, I think it's the hardest, hands down it's the hardest for comedians. Because A, you're used to being alone. B, you know it works. And then C, you have everyone that doesn't know you and hasn't done stand up telling you, yeah, nah, it's not going to work. Mm. And it's just, it's, it's a constant grind, but 
that show puts an entire industry's eyes on you. So it's, it's weird when a Tom Hanks shows up, he's like, Jimmy, love what you've been doing. You go, he just called me Jimmy. <laughs> and he just said, I love what you're doing, which means he watches me. Mayor Giuliani in the, in the height of his height comes in and in front of everyone, he goes, where's Jimmy Brewer? Because wow. I'm, work, I'm working with you this week. We're doing sketches this week. I'm like, oh my God, the mayor of New York? Is he just in front of everyone pointed me at so you everything you strive for and it's a little it's it's a catch twenty two, Kevin. I said when I was a kid, I'll never forget this. I was sitting in my friend's yard that I grew up with and I said, I'm gonna be an actor and a famous comedian, blah blah blah. And I was probably about eighth grade. And I said, I am gonna work with De Niro and Pesci and Jack Nicholson and I'm going to hang out with the Mets, and I'm going to be with my favorite rockers. And in my head, I thought it was $10 million a year and uh, another blockbuster movie and blah, blah, blah. But if I sit here now and go, do I make $10 million a year? No. Am I a movie star? No. But I sit down, I think I'm kind of like the Forrest Gump of stand-up <laughs> as far as, I, I worked with Pesci, I worked with De Niro, I worked with Nicholson, I worked with Tom Hanks. I'm, I've Metallica. known Metallica, yeah. yeah, Metallica years. I did a song with Brian Johnson of ACDC. I text a couple of the Mets where a couple were best friends. And it's just like, oh, well, you, you got what you wanted. It's just not the way you visualize it. You thought you were going to be. But that show also taught me, to be honest with you, uh, it scared me a little. It definitely scared me as far as becoming a superstar and, and well-known. I always, I always wanted the leather pants and walking through the ball with a pet tiger. <laughs> I, I wanted it. <laughs> I, I, I wanted it all. Oh, come to my house. I got a giraffe. And, uh... <laughs> uh, but... Yeah. So you thought, yeah, but, you, 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 right. Mm -hmm. And then what I realized is that is so addicting. Mm. It, 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 you'll just like a hooker, you'll, you, you, you're selling and losing your soul. Meaning I, I, I would walk in, I, I'm shocked my wife stayed with me during that time because we would go to dinner and I could care less that I'm with her. I'm just counting how many people are staring at me. Mm hmm. Like, blah, blah, blah. And, oh my God, that hot chick. If I had a chance, that, that one would be, oh my God. And this guy wants to, she was, I remember walking into my dressing room after shows and she'd be all dolled up waiting for me so proud. And I'd blow right by her like, it's the guy from Blues Traveler. <laughs> and uh, it's the drummer from the Foo Fighters. What's up, man? Let's say, let's, let's tear one on. And uh, oh, oh yeah. Hi, baby. Hey, it was, um, mm. And it's just, and I guess that's sort of part of it, and that's kind of why you want to do it. Mm. But you you just start losing touch with reality a little bit, and I and I didn't like as time went on. Like, dude, I'm, I'm trying to eat. Yeah, I, I really don't want to hear what your favorite sketch is. Again, I didn't ask you to sit down with me and my wife here. You know, who said you could sit down? Right. Um, 
And then I would see certain stars come in and realize how dysfunctional they were. Hmm. And I would go, how come the public doesn't know this? This guy has a 17-year-old male hooker in his room. How, how, did, how does the public not right. know this goes on? Right. That, that was weird to me. That was, there's a lot of weirdness that goes along with it. And then just the power of money that shuts it down. Hmm. It made me realize, I, I know it sounds corny, but I really, really was done with show business by then. It was so freaking exhausting. By the time I was done, it was so exhausting dealing with egos. Mm. I, I, I am, I, I don't ever want to deal with egos again. Egos are so hard to uh, compete with and to battle with. It's, it's exhausting. Mm. It's absolutely exhausting. So it was the greatest time of my life. I got intense recognition, still do. I was on a plane. I just came back from um, Turks and Caicos. Mm. And I, uh, we're coming back, and there's this uh, elderly couple, and they were sitting apart. And I said, do you, wanna, you want me to move? And they're like, oh, that'd be great. Sit down. And this guy sits down next to me with this woman and a little kid. They're in first class. I get bumped up to first because of my points. Wife and kids are in the back. And he goes... Hey man, I love the pigeon. What? <laughs> what? He goes the pigeon. That was my favorite. I went. You know the? Oh my dude, that's like twenty five years ago. He went. Yeah, I used to. Uh, I was a little kid. And I'd be at Saturday Night Live, and you would warm up the crowd all the time. Oh wow. wow. Yeah, that's my wife over there. She's Scorsese's producer, and I'm a. I used to be. Uh, you know, Bernie Brillstein was my. Uh, it's my dad for a while. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's my dad for what? a while. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, no, I this shit. I'm like, why? What do you mean your dad for a while? He's like, well, you know, he adopted me. I was his stepson and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, and, you know, and then there's part of you like, wow, that's cool. But you've never uh, put me in any of your projects. But whatever. It's good. Man. Yeah, sure. Right. Like that's because, dude, the thing I think that, that you have that is so, so rare and, a lack of sounding cynical, I would say underappreciated, is that toe-to-toe, when I see you show up somewhere to perform on any level, and there's a great YouTube clip of you on the WGN morning show. And, oh yeah, and you're yeah. just you're just there doing your you know you're it's early in the morning. They drug you out of bed <laughs> yeah. to promote the show, and dude, <laughs> these people have no idea what just happened to them. They're they're, <laughs> they're double dull. They can't breathe. They're they're crying, laughing. You are just murdering four people <laughs> in a in a in a TV studio, <laughs> and it's like I go now that's a comic man. Like they, you know what I mean? Like. That's a yeah. guy who's just pure funny. This is not calculated. This is, you know, and yeah. to me, that's the thing that you've always done. And when I see you live now, dude, your show, I've seen it twice now in the last, you know, two or three years. The the way people respond to you and it's just a different kind of laugh It is from the gut. It, people just really, yeah. they, they honestly just, it kind of hurts them. Uh, I, there was a guy behind me, <laughs> and, and he's just, he's doing this. Ha! Ha! I mean, if you didn't know, you'd think he was being tortured, you know? It's just, it, it, it's so, 
I mean, for you, but that's always been the thing. Again, I, I know you from us sitting around in hotel rooms at the Roadway Inn in 1989 doing this. You were that funny then, right? And, and so what is it like to, to have this power, this ability, and that's kind of all that matters really for a comic. That's your job is to do that, right? Yet yes. there's yes. all these politics and all these things that – should be should be handed to you and go, Jim, here's a platform. Go do what you do. It'll be magic. And somehow yep. a million things are in the way of that. Is that frustrating or what? I would be a liar if I said it wasn't. It took a long time for me to, and I think my wife helped me out. Pretty much my wife made me sane mm-hmm. because we all get frustrated. It. I I often feel, I shouldn't say it, but I'm going to say it. If I went toe-to-toe, I think of as UFC fighter. Mm -hmm. Okay, put the top stars up there. I'm going to knock most of them out. Yeah. If we go go toe-to-toe, I'm confident I will knock them to the ground, with the exception of two or three. Even though they're superstars or big stars, if we go pound for pound, bit for bit, Hour for hour, yeah. I'm gonna walk away. They're gonna go, Jesus, well, why, what, where did he come from? Yeah, and that's what I learned from that is the industry and marketing and who and how you get out there. It, talent is not number one. Talent has proven time and time again. It doesn't mean you're number one. Um. The way you put out there, you get a TV show, you get a, um, it's, it's you know, marketing, um, yeah. passion is all these other things that make you big, that yeah. make you famous, that make you worldwide. And that, um, so I came to terms with the fact that, you know what? I have three kids in private school. Mm-hmm. I make a killing on the road mm. and I really enjoy showing up and just knocking the living snot out of people. Because since I came back in 2008, this is probably the best I've ever been, the most focused I've ever been, and I get better every year, and I love it. I, once I fell in love with doing this again, and, and what my real mission was, my first half of life was I want I want my kangaroo and my leather pants and my pet lion, and I want my MTV crib. The second after I got over that, I went yo, you you knew this was a gift from the beginning. You whether you worked at Sears, whether you worked at the produce place, whether you were a waiter, your job was to kill everywhere you were because that's what I grew up with. And that once I got that attitude again. I, I'm unstoppable and I don't care where I'm at. The only part that's frustrating is the workload. Mm-hmm. When, when people, when people discover me, they go, Oh my God, I'm in for life. I, I've seen you 10 times. I've seen you eight times. I've seen you. St- I've never laughed so hard. I've seen this guy, this guy, and this guy, mm-hmm. you blow them away. Yeah. I don't know what, but it's just the workload. Like, well, there's, there's probably 10 markets now where I always sell theaters to the point where it's now two theaters in a night and three shows in certain markets. 
which yeah. is tremendous. Yeah. But it's it's um you know playing the Huntsville, Alabama. Yes, I'm sold out for a night. And to Nashville, I'm sold out for the night. But it's like 400 seats, 500 seats. Yeah. And you can only make so much. And I don't, I, you know, I'm not going to charge $50 a ticket or whatever. But I love that I can that I can still crush. Yeah. I, I'm addicted and love that crush. And yeah. I and I'm also became. I, I like connecting with people now. We mm. we've we've grown together where. They knew about my dad, and I, I wanted them to know who the real me was. Mm. And it started with making a documentary about my dad. And yeah. hey, I got kids, and hey, I have been married for a long time. And no, I don't smoke pot twenty four seven every single day. I'm not that guy. And once I started getting that out there, it seemed that started having a tremendous effect on people. Yeah, I love that. It, it, you really made a concentrated effort. You, you. It, it feels like you decided to take control. Uh, at some point and, and say, all right, I'm, I'm going to let people know who I am. And you didn't have as big a megaphone as the network. No. Right. And so you had to no. do it uh, slowly and consistently. Yeah. And that's right. very impressive to me. So it started with, did it start with the language? Was that one of the first yeah. decisions? Yeah. There's a couple things. One was I was, I was smoking a lot of weed. Mm-hmm. And I won't say a lot of weed, like I wake up all day. But when I first started, when we started, I was never high on stage ever. I wasn't drinking on stage afterwards. Yeah, but never, ever before. So, and then I lost that a little bit around the SNL days and hanging around with Chappelle and Half-Baked. And then, you know, those guys would all get lit up before they go on stage and like, come on, man, you never, you know, you're so much easier on stage. And then what happens is you start thinking you need that buzz to be funny. Mm -hmm. And I really bought into that for a while. And, and then I started trying to appeal to a crowd that I wasn't anymore. Wasn't that person, but it was really making money. And then I finally hit a point where I was like, you know, I was so much funnier without this. And from here on in, that was the one thing. I'm not going to, I was so much funnier and I was on a great path until TV came. Mm. TV, I feel, altered me as a comedian. Mm-hmm. So that was the first big decision. And then it was lumped in with my kids. My kids started looking on YouTube. Mm. My, I think she was seven or eight years old, maybe, my, my oldest one. And a couple of the families started realizing who I was and they would look me up and I was embarrassed because I would have these bits, but I was like, yeah, effing this and effing that and effing that. And you know what I mean? You know, it's like, yeah, it's like crazy and effing. It's like, I had these great premises and bits, but it was just I was like, why am I cursing? I'm not even funny. Just, hmm. just write, the, just write something. And and I wanted that respect from other families. And I'll tell you what, what really happened was um, we would have men's night out where a bunch of guys, dads would get together in my town. And we were, um, we were at the bar one night, tavern, whatever it is, and uh, drinking my wine. Cause that's what you do and get older, wine. <laughs> and um, this lady goes, you're, you're the comedian. You're like the famous comedian that was on Senate Live. I'm gay. Well, you know, 
I'm not famous, but she's like, no, 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 you're, you're, uh, you're comedian. She's just, but you're, you're like really blue and filthy, right? Hmm. You do all the drug stuff. I was so, I said, have you ever seen me? She goes, no, I can't go see you. I, I'm not into that stuff. And I, there was part of me I wanted to knock her out. What? What? How did you? You, you just think you never see me, but you think I'm filthy and I do drugs and I talk about drugs. She said, yeah, everyone knows that. Hmm. And that moment was another moment changed my whole life because I thought if she thinks that, how many other people think that? And why do they think that? Because of a movie? Because of, like, why do you think that? And that was, that's when I realized that everything I've done has been portrayed out of my control, who I am as a person. And so I'm not going to allow that to ever happen again. You know, I, I'm taking care of my parents. I got family. This is more important to me than anything else. And I'm always going to have a metropolis of material in this bed right here. And that's, that's when I started. I'm going to, I said, I'm never going to curse again. I'm never going to be dirty. I, I want families coming to my shows. And I'm going to control my destiny and how people see who I am because I have nothing to hide. And I know I'm relatable, just like anyone else. Mm. <clears throat> wow. That's that's where it started. Man, that's, that's, that's great. 2008. 2008, wow. And so that's really interesting because, you know, it took this moment with this woman and it wasn't about, oh, I want to appease her. You you needed to steal back your identity. Yes, yes. That's awesome. That's exactly it. Um, and then since then... I, I was just looking last night. I was looking at my merch. I'm going, holy crow. I've got a documentary film. I have four new comedy specials, all different hours, mm. all, all clean. I got a book and I got a rock album. Like, <laughs> holy crow. This is, yeah. This is, I got, man, this is, this is a lot of fun. And I'm going to have a lot more coming out in the future, hopefully, God willing. Yeah, and you keep, you, you, you keep, we, we've talked about, you know, back in the day, the hacky version of you need a hook. But what you're doing is, <laughs> yes. is, is you're sort of reinventing yourself and you could call it a hook, but really what it is, is you, you just you being honest, and, right? And saying, what I'm de- dealing with all day is family. Dude, the stuff about you <laughs> you going to Vermont, coming home with the syrup. Uh, <laughs> Oh my God! It's just you know, I've never laughed so hard. <laughs> and you, your your material, it just has layers. And I think that's why I I, I I've been saying the same thing, dude. What you said, I'm, I'm glad you said it because I don't think I think we have to be cocky and confident in this business, right? Yeah, toe to toe. You put a crowd of people who don't know any of the history of either comic. And I, I just can't see anybody keeping up because you just have this ability. It's like watching the funniest movie you've ever seen. You're, you, you set up a simple scene and then you act it out. It's full of surprise. You can't see the, the punchline coming, right? You, you're like laying Easter eggs all over the place. It's, um, <laughs> it's, really, it's, it's really something, dude. It's really special. But thanks, man. Yeah, dude, I just have to... I love I love it. I learned from the best. You know, where we started, those were great comedians coming through. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those were, those were great guys that set a path. I, would, I mean, Richard Jenny was a master. Oh, yeah. He was a master, yeah. although he was never happy with himself because yeah. he's another one. He, he, he wanted the, 
I think he wanted the leather pants and the kangaroo and everything. He was always disappointed he didn't have leather pants. He just had leather pants, but he didn't have the kangaroo. <laughs> now he had, now he had, the, now he had the kangaroo, but he wasn't in the castle. It's just like, oh my god, I've never seen. Yeah. It was so sad and tragic to watch that. And yeah. I would sit there and go, do you even realize how great you are? You're one of the all-time greatest that I've ever seen. Yeah, we see that a lot. I think you talked about. Uh, D, your wife being the anchor, you've said the, this to me in different ways over yep. over the years. That is is I'm sure, there, like you said, there were times where you just weren't appreciating her, but yet she was always there, always by your side. And always, as you came full circle, I think it really smacked you in the face at some point. That oh my god, this is all it is. My, yeah. my, my wife, my kids, my family, my society, my community, like this is, a, this is my life. What everybody yeah. else sees is, is a facade. This is the reality I have to be in every day. And, and I, now I need to incorporate this into my, my reality. And that's the only way I get to control it. Yeah, and that is it. That is, that's the mission I've been on. And I, I don't know how there was a couple that would get really big and I would, my feathers would ruffle because I'm like, man, he took my premise mm. and he took a lot of my stuff and he changed it. And I know he did. And if I say something, I'm going to look like a big cry. I was in my basement looking for tapes. I'm like, I'm going to show everyone. I'm going <laughs> to Joe, I'm going to Joe Rogan, this guy right here. And, and, uh, but she would go, Hey, 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 you have so much more in life than that person has. Trust me right now. Mm. That per- give it to that person. Let them have it. That's where they're supposed to be in life. Let them take it. And, mm. and that was a hard lesson to learn. But I, you know, I look at some of those people that I thought that, and they all—they're not—they're not happy people anymore. Driving Uber, yeah, it's um... <laughs> driving Uber. No friends, miserable, yeah. and can't sell a ticket anymore. I'm like, oh wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's empowering. You're right. It's one of the hardest lessons to learn, but it's so empowering once you embrace it, right? Because you yeah, just you're just absolutely. going next. What's next? And like you said, you're right. Yeah, like a new a new hour a year now, practically, right? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. And it's like not only a new hour, but I want a new hour that just mutilates harder than anything you've ever seen. So yeah. I, I I'm constantly trying to outdo myself. I don't want to just go. <laughs> I I'm addicted to murdering. I want to hurt you. Mm-hmm. I want you to go. That was. I don't think I've ever laughed any harder in my life. That's yeah. That's my mission that's just my mission i love it but um yeah man it's it's uh it's been quite a fun ride so far hey it's kev here and if you're enjoying this episode with jim brewer there's going to be more comedy coming up on the truth about marketing as you may know i recently returned to the stand-up stage after 10 years away from it and man It's like fireworks are going off in my brain about all the different ways that I can teach marketers and entrepreneurs, business owners, copywriters, everybody how to find their natural zone of funny and use it in their writing and their marketing, especially in their videos. And so I'm doing a training inside a copy chief called How to Be You But Funny. It's happening in May. And if you'd like to get a taste of that training uh, for free right now, head on over to copychief.com forward slash funny and get your free download and copy chief. I think you're going to love it. And it's really going to bring your marketing to the next level. 
Knowledge content is dead. If they don't feel it, they're going to forget it. And I don't want you to be forgotten. So head on over to copychief.com forward slash funny. And I'll see you there. It's, it's awesome, dude. And I want to respect your time. I just want to ask a couple of more sort of like black and white direct marketing things. Sure. Um, so you talked about the merch, but let's talk about... Yeah, so now the difference between when we started and now, the ability we have to build an audience, right? right. What are the biggest differences? In, we could focus on the Mets videos that have built you a whole new audience, which I don't think that was calculated at all. You were just doing something fun. No. No, this is, this is what... Now, I, I had someone... When we started, it was about, okay, you're funny... Now you get people to come see you over and over. Then it's about getting a TV show. You get a TV show, now you got your following. Nowadays, you don't really need that. And I, and I had a struggle with finding social media. I'm not going to tweet every day. I'm not that clever. I'm a storyteller. I'm not a one-liner. Mm. Um, and I had this woman on Facebook go, you know, you should make, you have to make videos every day on Facebook. So I'll, that's stupid and I'm not going to do it. <laughs> but, well, your following is on Facebook. Your, your age group is Facebook. They'd love to hear from you. So, well, that's a nice story. I'm not going to do it. So just, she would harass me every day. Please just take a picture of your kids. Make, make a, I said, I you know how hard it is to, to try to be funny every day? I'm not, I don't feel funny every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I made some videos and, you know, it's like, ah, here's me. My, my daughter's uh, room is crazy and we're going to videotape me telling her to clean her room. Hey, clean her room. Hey, I got 14,000 views. Look at that. Um, and then, and I have to say, again, bizarre how the world works, a dark, dark moment that, Turned to light. Um, my wife's gone through her second round of cancer. She's mm-hmm. gone through chemo. And I will never forget, she come home from chemo. It's, you know, she looks like a, she looks like an alien, the poor thing. She's got no hair. She's gray. And she's very tired. She's just sitting there. And it's the first, it's opening day of baseball. And it's the Mets versus the Nationals. And the Nationals just hired the greatest pitcher of all time. It's Max Scherzer. And they just signed him from the Tigers for $50 billion. And they're going to win the World Series. And the Mets have big, big, fat Bartolo Colon as their opening day pitcher. And Max Scherzer goes seven innings of a no-hitter. And all of a sudden, the Mets break it open in the eighth inning. They take the lead. Bartolo's going toe-to-toe with the greatest pitcher in the world. And I'm watching this game like every game. It's the seventh game of the World Series. I'm yelling at how you should be managing. Mm-hmm. And I turn around, and my wife, like, no energy. She's just slumped in the chair. She's giggling at me. I said, what, what, what are you laughing at? This is what you should be making videos of. Mm. You should make you should make videos of you reacting after the Met game because that's all you do. You're gonna call all your friends. 
you're going to be calling them, talking about the same thing for the next 12. Why don't you make the video? Your fans will love it. And she said, don't, don't think about it. Just, just do it. It doesn't even, it do, don't make it perfect. Just do it. I was like, oh my God, that's freaking brilliant. And I made the first video and I put it on Facebook. And she said, you have to do that every game. I said, I'm not doing every game. That's stupid. She went, no, do every game. And you should be a broadcaster. For me. You, you really should be a broadcaster. You, you would be the greatest broadcaster. So, well, it's, it's not going to happen. It's not these, whatever. That night, people call me up. Hey, dude, you're on ESPN. Hey, you're on MLB tonight. The Mets call. Is it okay? We, 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 we're putting you on our website. What? Wow. I look at this, I look at the Facebook video. It's like three hundred thousand views. What the the hell is going on? And I so I started doing it every game. It became a big. You know, the radio stations are talking about. It, everyone's talking about it. And by chance, the Mets won eleven in a row. And that was the year they went to the World Series. And by the time the World Series came, it was up to two million views a night. Wow. It was all kind of news and all that. But that year when they, this is when I discovered the power of social media. And this is what it's all about. This is your TV show. This is, this is the big marketing. So, and I would never go, Hey, come see me at a, I have a very hard time whoring and, and, and promoting myself. I have a very hard time doing it. To me, it's no, no different than standing on the street going, hey, I'm hungry. Come see me at the yuck yuck. <laughs> I just, I have a hard time with it. Mm. Um, I'm in Denver. Denver. I'm in the condo or hotel, whatever the heck I was at. And I was contemplating. I went, okay, oh, God, this could be really, just make sure you're comfortable if no one shows up. Put this video out there. I make the video. I said, hey. I'm in Denver. I think the Mets are gonna might have a chance to clinch today. It's a day game. If any Met fans are out there, you want to join me? Go to Buffalo Wings. I, I found a place that would play the Met game. I'm gonna be there at you know, two o'clock. And I and I sat there and don't post it. Don't post it. Hmm. Don't. Boom. Posted it. Because all I can think about is like, what is this like two yo-yos I got to sit with now for two hours, and how, yeah. how, how mortifying, how embarrassing. Yeah, I'll never forget this. I'll never forget showing up at Buffalo Wings. Like my heart's pouncing. No one's gonna be in there. There had it been about seventy-five to eighty people already, wow. Wow. and they were already showing up. They had Met shirts on, and it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't just, you know, uh, frat guys. It was families. Mm. It was um, black, white, old ladies, kids. It was, I could, and I walked in and it had nothing to do with comedy. They were just like, hey, yeah, the Mets. And, and we just, we, it was the greatest experience. And then what I learned was the Met fans and baseball fans went, who is this guy? I would go to Met games and, they would go, hey, it's the, the Met video guy. Mm. And, then what, and then what happened was they would look up the Met video guy, mm. Jim Brewer, 
Oh, he's a comedian. Oh, he's got YouTube. Oh, my God. Have you seen his videos? Hmm. He's playing here. Holy crow, he's playing in our town. Last night, I walked in Huntsville, Alabama, and it was about 15 Mets shirts in the crowd. Hmm. And and that that is what that what it brought was awareness. Like, hey, this guy's out there. He's funny. And that that's my awareness ticker. And it was all out of passion. Just yeah. Very, Pure yeah. passion of my wife, and uh, that was it. And yeah. I love it, man. I'm you at know, the age. Yeah, yeah. It's, where it came. it's incredible, dude. We we, you, we talk so much in our industry, in marketing, in business, about you know transparencies, like this buzzword. You got to be transparent, you know. Uh, and th- this is what it means: is that here you are, a guy uh, in with with the pressure to be calculated all the time, like you said what we know about celebrities is so false, right? Um, compared to reality, (laughs) but you, uh, the, the more, more you just show what you're really doing, uh, people respond and the brilliance of, of a wife who loves you, cares about you is, is in some ways, I'm sure your biggest fan going, Hey idiot, it's, it's already happening. All you got to do is turn on the camera, right? It's, it's our, (laughs) It's easy to resist yes. that, right? Because oh no, it, yes. it, but then you do it and you go look at this. So uh, it, it's it's a great lesson in uh, quit trying to be so calculated all the time and just right. do what is real for you. And what what are the colorful parts of your life? Uh, if it's resonating with the people in your immediate vicinity chances are it's going to resonate with people on social media that's kind of how it works that's why things go viral because they're real it's absolutely true and it's passion people love my passion Mm -hmm. and i i'm passionate i'm a very passionate person Mm -hmm. whether it's a mad angry laugh and that resonates with everyone and you know and then i put videos that when she was going through cancer we made it again she would go you got to put these videos up, mm. how we hang out. I said, oh, God, no. Uh, people try to murder me if I say the thing that we're – but we, everything we go through, we make people laugh. And um, we're actually thinking about doing something soon. I'm just not mentally ready for it. But, um, you know, when she was going through cancer, I would we'd make videos, and I'd say she, – she'd literally have the ID in her, and I'd go – this is really inconveniencing my day. You know that, right? It was so dark. I go, does this mean we have to order out again? Does this mean I have to do my own laundry? And again, the response of people going, thank you, thank you, thank you for shedding light on this and making us laugh. We're, we're going through chemo. We watch, we'd watch you and your wife. Mm. It's the greatest thing ever. But again, Kevin, it was it was that I'm very conscious of I don't want to I don't want to sell tickets because you got cancer. Right, right. I want to I just want to I just want to heal someone mentally right now to show them, hey, hey, come here, Jim Brewer is an entertainer. Yeah, but my wife has we're going through this, too. It doesn't matter what I am. Mm. It doesn't matter how much money I got. We're all in this. We all have a struggle. And I'm going through, let's go through this together. So, yeah, relatability and passion is what I discovered is what what sells me or what markets me. 
It's, it's awesome, Jim. Uh, all right, we'll wrap there, dude. And I just appreciate you sharing all this. And it feels in so many ways like it's just it's just starting. <laughs> you know, it really is like a I new, agree. like a new career. And when I see you live, I, I go, it's clear you're a man on a mission. It isn't ego based. It, it, it is just like you said. You're addicted to crushing the room, and that that is what a true comic feels. If that isn't yeah. your fantasy, if you don't sit around in every shower when your mind wanders off, you're not picturing people spitting their drink. Then I don't, I don't know what you're doing in this business because clever ain't cutting it. It's got to be. It's got to be a kill. Um, it's got to be a kill. I'm a killer. I don't, I don't want. I don't want. I don't want dribblers, man. I yeah. pre- this is a great time, and um, I hope we get to work together a bunch. Yeah, dude, I appreciate the invite, and we'll we'll make it happen. Uh, I'll, uh, yeah, it's it's it's, it's an honor and a, and a just a joy, dude. I would fly to just come watch you. So if I get to go up and get my rocks <laughs> off, in addition to that, forget about it. So, <laughs> thank oh you. God, well I don't think you have to do that. I'll be down there soon enough, man. A hey, um, big hug, brother. All right, brother. Great Thanks, man. We'll talk soon. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Truth About Marketing podcast. If you like this show and you think other people would like this show, the best way to spread the word is by reviewing and rating the show in iTunes. Just log in, click review, leave a big old fat five-star review, and let everybody know that you dig the show so that they can dig it too. To get all the links and resources we mentioned on today's episode, please go to copychief.com forward slash T-A-M, as in truth about marketing. And if you'd like to uh, learn more about how you can improve your sales copy with uh, templates, formulas, coaching, feedback, or hiring a pro, do all that on the inside of the members area of copychief.com, and I will look for you there. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.